Welcome to the Powered with Love podcast, the podcast that brings to you what's working on the coalface from people within our community who are defying the odds. The podcast that gives you the ability to power your life with love. I'm the host, Stephen Cromedy, and let's get stuck into today's edition. Luke, thanks for coming in. No worries. To be on Powered with Love. Reason why we've chosen you is because I think you have the characteristics that if a lot of people embrace those characteristics, they might be surprised what it is they might be able to achieve. Because it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows for you. No, definitely not. And the reason why you're in here is because you have a successful business in our region. So I really think that the foundation someone lays in the beginning is what sees them through times like we've just been through. Yeah, so definitely. let's go back to when you started the business. What year did you start the business? Uh, in 2010, fresh started. It was uh, outdoor training. So started off doing just one-on-one PT training um, and then branched into just outdoor boot camp out of school. Okay, so let's just go back prior to when you commenced the business. Yeah. What were you doing for work the year before? Um, I worked as a part-time trainer for Robbio. Yes. Um, running boot camp with him. Um, and whilst I was still studying, I mowed lawns and stuff to get an income come in. Okay. And what, what prompted you to get into the industry in the first place? Where were you at as a person? Where was your health at? When I was 19, um, I was a pretty overweight sort of kid growing up. I wanted to join the Fireys. So their physical test is pretty grueling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sitting at a sort of 90 odd kilos thereabouts um, and knew I was never going to get there if I was that sort of weight. So I put myself on a bit of a diet, um, put myself on a treadmill mainly to start with um, and stripped about 20 kilos in three months. Wow. Um, and then from there, just sort of fell in love with training, felt like really good in myself um, and then just wanted to wanted to help and push that onto other people with how good I felt. So is that what led to working with Robbio? Yeah, sort of like I was pursuing that um, and then my brother was mates with Robbio Mm -hmm. um, and Robbio just put up that he was after a trainer. Um, So I contacted him and he got me in to to do one of his boot camps and got my ass kicked. and then from there, he wanted to make sure that whatever I was to dish out to a person, I could take myself. So for like a week, I backed up, did morning session, afternoon session, and just got drilled basically wow. for a week. Um, and then from there, went on and helped him run his boot camp and sort of jumped on board to help him and to move it into other areas. And so how long were you there for? Would have been at least six months. Okay. And what would have been the three things that you learned there? If there were three things, what were the three things that you took away? He taught, he taught me to be a good trainer um, and that basically you can't dish out to people what you can't take yourself. But also it's just all about people. It's all about caring about people and, and just having that good relationships with people. 
I guess what I really like about what you've said already is that you wanted people to feel the same way that you did mm. as a result of getting your health in order and yeah. doing exercise every day. And I think with what you've done and how you go about it, I think that's, that's evident in the culture of fresh yeah. and it's evident in how you work with the people with your clients because they're not just clients they're people that you connect with on a level where you all have one thing in common you're not there to rip your shirts off and um, posture and and um, try and outdo everyone even though there is some healthy competition there yeah. it's all about coming together to hopefully do some exercise that ultimately changes your state, changes the way you feel, and maybe have you more mobile, living a little bit longer, but that's evident. Mm. And uh, and so anyway, that's why you got into the industry. Why did you go out and do your own thing? I just needed that little bit more. Um, I'm the type of person that likes a challenge, and once I started to, to try and get some PT clients, I get that thrill in the chase um, and the thrill of building something. Um, so pretty much just started with the PT stuff and then went to the boot camp stuff and then just got excited about building it bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and then from there, just wanted to keep growing it. So 2009, you commenced? 2010. 2010. How many you were operating at that point at the back of a public school? Yep. Yeah, Elmore Vale Public School. And talk to us about how you found your clients because there might be people out there that are thinking about starting a business or they have a business up and running and they're wondering how they grow their followers. How, how did you grow your followers? Where did they come from? Well, back then it was a bit easier. Um, a lot of my like members and stuff come from Facebook. So back then there was like a lot more organic reach and I'd put a post up and could shoot it into different groups and everyone would see it. So I, when I started training people, like doing my own thing, I started with one person that I was training out of my backyard and then just had this idea to run a, a challenge. And then from there I put a, a post out on Facebook and the next day I had, 20 odd new clients just from that challenge and then just grew it through Facebook. You didn't have to pay. There wasn't all this stuff that there is now with the organic reach, not getting to anyone. So it was a lot easier back then to build business. And from memory, you used to have people come in, transform their life, go through some body changes themselves yeah. and, and some mental, you know, obviously, you know, your physical state is attached to your mental state. And you'd have these people that you would use as uh, testimonials oh, 100%. as well. Yeah. Yep. So we had like through the challenges that I ran, we had some really good weight loss and some good muscle gains and stuff like that. And I just used those testimonials and the before and after photos to gain new clients. So you know what I'd call that? The power of one. Yeah. So what I mean by the power of one, you started in your backyard, you worked with your ethos of really wanting to build a business through making people, helping people discover discover health yeah. and discover how that could have them feel differently. So you approached people that wanted to achieve the same yeah. 
and they were drawn to you. And then the power of one delivering on that level of service and care so much that with that power of one, every person became a testimonial. And I think that's what business is all about. I think all these years down the track, Luke, I think that no matter what business you're in, whether you have 5,000 people, one person, 10 people, it doesn't matter what the size of your business is, you need to look at your clients as the power of one and looking after that person like they're your only client. Because when you had that person in your backyard, how much did they feel like they were your only client or did they feel like they were competing with 10 or 50 people? No, no. Well, they... They were my only client. Exactly. And I think, again, that's testimony to your success because all these years down the track, I think every single member in your gym or the majority of them would feel like they're your only client. Mm. So that power of one is is definitely alive and well. So talk to us about your first uh, 48 months in business. What what happened in your life? First 48 months, yeah, so much happened. We went from... As I said, doing personal training to then boot camp. Um, boot camp, we grew to a stage where we were getting sort of 50-odd people to a session um, at certain sessions. Um, from there, I had to put on a couple of trainers to help me out. Just casually, um, one of those trainers is now actually my wife um, and also my brother-in-law at the time. So from there, we outgrew the school as, as such, wet weather, sort of played a big part in it and then I got into my first shed the first shed I think come about 12 months it might have been after I started the boot camp to then move indoors and and take everyone indoors so I could run all year round basically and so I could imagine when you're starting off the way that you did you were managing your overheads really well hence starting off in your backyard and you experienced being in profit very very quickly yeah well I had really no overhead. I was paying about $20 a session to the school, thereabouts. Other than that, it was just the equipment that I bought. And again, it it doesn't matter what business you have. And, you know, E-Myth revised or revisited, uh, Michael Gerber. It's really important when you're starting a business that you're spending money in the key areas. And some people might be thinking, well, hey, listen, you know what? This is really easy to do if you are starting off as a personal trainer to keep your expenses low. It doesn't matter what the size of your business is. You can be spending a couple of hundred thousand dollars on a fit out, or you can spend a fraction of the money on making sure that the customers that you're reaching and servicing, you're able to provide them phenomenal value. And that's exactly what you did. You kept those overheads low, made sure there was more cash coming in than what there was going out and reinvested that in your business. Again, hear your whole reasoning behind wanting to go into a building. It was to provide that uh, better space for people to exercise in. Yeah, for sure. So during that time, you sold a home? Yeah, I sold a home. I... Um, went through a, a relationship breakdown in my first marriage um, and ended up getting divorced. A- out of something bad comes something good. Um, I've got a nine-year-old or turning nine this year, uh, little boy Ryder, who's an amazing kid. Yeah, and look at what's happened, you know, and I think that's important for people to understand because here we are 10 years down the track. We have a business that's gotten through COVID. It's done really well. They need to hear these things have happened because a lot of people say, well, if this didn't happen, that would have worked out different. If it wasn't for this, I would have had that. And here you are, first 24 months of business, everything's going really well. 
we hit the wall, our marriage breaks down, we're selling our property, we're starting again, we're self-employed. I think it comes back to that ethos, the foundations that the business was built within, uh, are built on because, you know, 24 months down the track, here you are buying another, or there you were buying another property, getting, you know, not only back on your feet, but Mm. wow, you've achieved some phenomenal things. Uh, hence why you're here, because I think a lot of people can draw some some strength out of your story so they can go out and do what they're passionate about. So to survive in your industry, not only survive, but thrive, 10 years in the industry, it takes some serious ca- character, takes some reinventing along the way. What's, what's some of the things that you believe that you've done throughout your time that have seen you sitting here, you know, that, that's seeing you sitting here 10 years later? Uh, yeah, 10 years in this industry is is um, pretty lengthy. Um, I do know a few personal trainers that have tried to get into the industry and, and haven't sort of lasted the first 12 months because it, it's pretty cutthroat. Uh, big thing for us is I've always thrived on the community aspect, so which is why I love the group training scene. The social aspect for people just... People come in and they're from all different walks of life. But in that one moment, in that one hour session, it doesn't really matter. It just brings all these different people together and people walk away and they become best friends with people that they never ever thought they would be. Um, Out of the gym, we've seen relationships form. We've seen babies be born out of those relationships, out of the relationships. Just so many good things come from that community aspect. But in saying that too, it can also be the downfall. Um, It's definitely something that over this last 10 years, the the community aspect can be the greatest thing, but it can also be the worst thing for the business. Yeah, and I guess, you know, with an up, there's a down. With a hot, there's a cold. It's it's making sure that you, you understand that no matter what you're doing, you're going to have to face everything. Mm. And it's more the long-term game, even right now. You know, you've had to make decisions not based on short-term, but long-term. Yeah. And I think that's formed the basis under every decision that you've made. And you keep coming back to this community. That community feeling, uh, that community aspect, the fact that someone or people have a sense of belonging to, that's been the glue of what you've done. In saying that, Six years ago, seven years ago, you were at that crossroads and I can remember at that point CrossFit Studio and there was probably maybe 50% of, of the members were very heavily, you know, very heavy into competing. As a matter of fact, you were competing as well yeah. and uh, and the type of members that you had there were completely different um, to the members that you have there now. What made you stand at those crossroads and go the way that you've gone. Because at that time, it was a watershed moment. You lost quite a few members within a short period because you made the decision that um, you weren't going to go down that track of, uh, you know, having everyone turn up to have the fastest time and, you know, every day was at that point was a competition. What made you stand there and make that decision to not continue to go down that track? Well... It, 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 like the industry is forever changing. Um, CrossFit, what it was a few years ago, isn't what it is today. So back a few years ago, 
um, the CrossFit was the competition side of it. Um, that was very big and there was a lot of competitions, like a lot of local competitions and stuff that people could go do. And it's just because I was competing myself as well, it's a path that I started to go down, but then I had to sort of sit back and remind myself of why I started, um, why I started the business in the first place. And the whole reason was was to, was to help change people's lives um, and to make them feel better about themselves and to just improve overall life. So doing the whole competition and the whole competitive CrossFit space, um, that wasn't in the greater picture. And why do you think that wasn't in the greater picture? Why do you think that was working against your ethos of wanting to help improve people's lives through through fitness? With the, with the whole competitiveness it sort of just – it didn't drag the business down. It just segregated parts of it. So there were the ones that wanted to compete, then there were the ones that just purely wanted to come in and do fitness. Um, so with those that wanted to compete, they wanted to do the complex movements, the snatches and the muscle-ups and all of that all the time where the everyday person doesn't want to do that or certainly doesn't need to do that. So it was a bit of a division in programming as well. So it made life a little bit harder trying to battle with getting a, like a happy medium to suit everyone. But you, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't make everyone happy. You can't do something that suits everyone. So I just chose back then to go down a path that directly suited the majority of the people, not the minority. And also, it goes back in line with your whole existence as to why you went to the business in, in the first place. And I really hope people are listening to this and have stayed tuned tuned in because a lot of times, you know, the 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 recipe has a secret ingredient. It's just that one little ingredient, and everyone tries to overcomplicate it. And I know that um, Albert Einstein said that true genius is the capability of keeping things simple. It's simplicity that's genius. And the simplicity in what you've done is you've always brought everything back to the core of why you decided to go into business in the first place, which is you wanted people to enjoy the process, feel good about being healthy. You know, it's about improving people's lives. So that brings us to current time. Here we are in current time. We've just been through COVID. There's a lot of businesses, um, you know, whether it's in the health, you know, fitness industry, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. And some industries are most definitely been hurt uh, more than others. Some have been absolutely wiped out. But what's, what did you do to get through this period? How did you navigate yourself through it? Um, it was hard at the start. Uh, we had just come off a pretty tough time as well with a relocation of the business. So at the the start of the year, we didn't even know if we were going to have a gym to open. We went through a bit of a struggle to uh, find a place to relocate to after we got kicked out of uh, where we were. So I suppose that helped me learn to deal with stress a lot. So when it come to the point on the 23rd of March when they gave the orders for everyone to close down, I I was stressed but I wasn't. I was pretty calm about the whole situation and – I just knew that we had a strong community from what had already gone on in the previous few months 
and I just based sort of my hope that that community would get us through it. Wow. So your number one strategy was, you know what, my clients, and I love how you refer to your clients, the community. Mm. So essentially you said to yourself, hey, you know what, my clients are going to get us through this. Yeah, basically, like that was my that was my only hope really was that everyone would have our back or the majority that could. Um, so like we're still down, we've, we've still lost a lot of money over this time, but it was mainly from people that lost their jobs or got their hours cut back or something might have happened in their life that they had to put their membership on hold or had to cancel. Yeah, but I think it's really important that your revenue's down, you've taken a hit, but you're viable. It's yeah. a viable business. If yeah. we were to look at the spreadsheet, there's still more money coming in than what's going out. Now, it might only be marginal, mm. yeah. but you are still you still have a viable business through one of the worst, un, you know, worst unpredicted, one of, one of the most, it's just a crazy time. Like, oh, yeah, we you definitely know, that word, didn't know it was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying not to use that word unprecedented. Yeah. Everyone says it. It's, a, it's just it's so overused. But these unprecedented times, here we were in an economy that was already fractured with a pandemic that really no one thought or knew exactly – no one understood exactly where it would go or what the depth of it would be. Mm. And your industry was – without a shadow of doubt you were you're basically in a stage four lockdown here we were in a stage three but technically speaking as an industry itself it was a stage four you couldn't operate it was done yeah doors shut yeah so the only thing we could do was go online Um, okay so how quickly did you make that decision to go online pretty much straight away okay Uh, so we just went okay well for those that uh, are willing and able to keep their memberships running uh, we basically just opened Slather majority of our equipment and said, come and take what you need. Yep. So number one, you went to an online business. Yep. Number two, what else did you do to pivot, to change what you did? Well, just, yeah, kind of the leasing out of equipment helped to keep everything running. Okay. So that's really good. Like instead of just having the equipment sitting there, number one, we'll pivot, we'll go online and provide an online training program. Yeah. Number two... Uh, hire out the equipment. Now, was there anything else that you did throughout that time to make sure that you were able to get through or provide a high level of service to your clients, to your community? Well, we went, as I said, like we went online, we programmed every day, we did videos up for the for the clients um, for like an instructional video so that they would still feel like that sort of gym feeling. Um, Ray is... Uh, the girl who works with me, she did the videos alongside me. So it gave the members that feeling that we were still instructing a class um, and then they went and did the workout and then for those that wanted to, posted their results. So it still kind of gave that community aspect to the whole online thing. Don't get me wrong, it's it's really, really hard to keep everyone motivated online. Um, so what's the tips that – or what – what did you do to keep people motivated online? Well, I just tried to keep touch with people as much as I could. As in personally? Yeah. Wow. So if we hadn't heard from anyone or whatnot, I would send them a message or Ree would send them a message and, and just touch base with people and see how they were going. Um, if I hadn't seen that they were working out or hadn't been posting results, 
I'd send them a message just to touch base to see how everyone was going. Some people just purely turned around and said, we're not doing anything. We can't get motivated. We're just going to wait until the gym reopens. So it was hard in that sense because it's like, well, what do you do? You can't go and give them a kick up the ass to get moving because we're all in lockdown. So essentially you ended up working more, not less. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty hard work trying to, trying to keep on track of it and, and keep everyone up to date. And you know what? It's not directly related with Fresh, and we'll get back to Fresh in a minute, but you also diversified as well. You worked on other income streams. And so where did you diversify and what did you do? Um, well, previous to this, um, I did some pest control with a good mate of mine. So I diversified and basically from Fresh didn't give myself an income and went and did some pest control work and a few other bits and pieces to basically get an income coming in. And that worked really well for you? Yeah. You were getting, you know, how many sprays on average a week? Oh. It, it, if you averaged it out. Well, I kind of varied. So some, sometimes it would be 10, thereabouts. Wow. And again, I think for the listener, a lot of your jobs came from people in your community. Yeah, it did. It did. So Isn't when, it funny? You know, so when you said the community would get you through, hey, you know what? The gym might have been a particular at a particular place uh, with the regulations. However, your community got behind you in the other service that you're providing, which is pest services. Mm, yeah. So, and then from that, uh, I have also diversified and, and taken on another business as well with another mate um, just to cover ourselves in future. So you have another business now that you decided to open up right in the middle of COVID. So, you know, here we are, and it's t- it's it's very sad. You know, there are going to be people that um, – there's people that have lost their lives. There's people that their businesses have closed. There's people where, um, you know, they've lost their place of employment. And all of this could have happened to you. And I think, again, if we go right back to your first 24 months, first uh, 48 months, here you are starting a business – Going into the new shed, I remember seeing a post or something with Michelle Bridges or something at the time. You know, you were really into it and you still are into it. And your marriage broke down. You walked away from your property. You didn't walk away with a a hell of a lot of money. And then two years, three years after that, buying another property. It's a beautiful property. and, uh, And your business is not only surviving, it's thriving. And through that diversity, through understanding it's all about the community, it's about improving people's lives, you've not only, you've not, not only helped improve people's lives through what you do, they've stayed with you and helped you with these pest services during that time frame. And now launching this business that's in air conditioning, a lot of your clients have been the same people. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, when the gym closed down... I basically put up a post on Facebook and said, I'm now doing pest stuff if anyone needs it and straight up got a heap of hits and a lot of them were from gym people. Mm. Um, Just basically saying, yep, come around. And for some of those people, I'd rock up to their house and I'd be like, what are you having issues with? And they're like, oh, nothing. But we wanted to give you some work and give you an income, which was amazing. And you've got the air conditioning company up and running which does service like services air what's what's it do what do you so provide the aircon um business is a, a cleaning and servicing business for aircon yeah yep and you also provide a 
compliance, like when it comes to smoke alarms as well, you provide, there's a compliance arm of the company looking after investment properties? Yeah, so we're branching that business as well into a compliance side for smoke alarms um, and trying to get in and work with um, landlords and, and rental property managers um, to look after those um, those houses, yeah. So here we are in the middle of COVID. You know, what what was your first month of trading with that company? Um, I think we did sort of close to, to nearly 10 grand, yeah. Wow. That's phenomenal. So let's just hear that again. In the middle of COVID, this lunatic decides to start up another company when everyone else is saying there's no work, buys a van, gets it branded, gets the equipment, and in your very first month of trading, turns over nearly $10,000. Yeah, yeah. So why are you into this company? So you've got this ethos over here. It's about having people feel the same way that you do. Yeah. What's driving this business? What's your ethos? Um, What's your why? My why for that is I'm a business person as well. Um, Like it's the whole reason why I built Fresh, but I've just got that – that sense of me that wants that more. Um, and for that, I needed to do something. I have a young family. Uh, we've got a, a baby on the way. Um, I've also got a two and a half year old as well as um, my eight year old son. And I needed to cover ourselves if anything like this hit us again okay. to, to make sure that my family was going to be looked after. And I think that's massive. I think that's huge. What is it? And that's going to be a driving force behind your energy, behind your passion to, you know, to turn up and do what it is that you need to do. But what what do you think you're providing to your clients? Why, what are you providing to that community that you believe no one else can? Um, just A plus service, basically. Um, so with that side of it, we're just trying to get awareness out there that, the air that we breathe and the air that gets recycled through your air conditioners is pretty poor um, if they're not maintained. So I suppose it plays on the health side of it as well. In the fitness side, I'm looking after like people's mental health and people's physical well-being. But then from the air conditioner side of it, there's the health side of it for just being healthy. And Do you and truly the believe that? that? Yeah, 100%. So you truly believe that by servicing the air conditioners that you're helping provide a better quality of air? Yeah, so when I, fir- when I w- first got into it, so I have uh, in business with a mate, Adrian, um, with this side of the business. And when I first got into it, it was a pretty big and quick jump. Like we didn't muck around. It was talked about and then within a week we had a business up and running and, and basically going on. But... I suppose for that side of it, when I first looked at it, I was like, yeah, like this is going to be good financially and that side of things. But as I've started to work on these air conditioners and realising basically the poor health that that people are like living in with some of these air conditioner units is crazy. Is it scientifically proven? Yeah, there's like there's articles that there's the air that you breathe that being recirculated through an air conditioner can actually make you sick. Wow. Well, you know what? I think this is a good place to wrap up and I, I really think we can condense this down to a number of things. And I think, number one, you need to do something you're passionate about. So your passion 
came from getting your own health in order and you wanted other people to feel what you felt. Number two, you've got to come from a place that it's not just about the money. If it's just about the money, well, then you're going to be transactional. You know, what you've wanted to do, and you make no mistake that you want to earn money, how can you go and buy that beautiful home that you have? How can you get and do the things that you do for your family? You've had four or five overseas holidays since I've known you. Yeah, you're living a really nice life. You can't do that just by being transactional. It'll be short-lived, but you have made sure that you've tied that into a really purposeful why, and that is you want to improve people's lives through health. And I think number three, you've got to be prepared to do what other people aren't prepared to do. So you've you've grinded, you're still grinding. And I think the more successful you become, the more that you've got to grind. And then I think number four, you've got to make sure that you're focused on solutions. And I think all the way through this, what people will pick up on is Luke's solution-based. No matter what he's hit, no matter when he's hit it, He's been solution-based each and every single time. Without even realising it, the last thing that you've done, number five, is I read a book, a book, a book, and it's called The Mistake Millionaires Make. And one of the things that you've now done, you've now got three different income streams coming in. And with those three different income streams, here's what this book spoke about in one of the mistakes millionaires make, that what they do is they become heavily reliant on just one source of income. And what happens when that income stream is turned off? Well, they lose everything. They're done. So you've now got three income streams that it doesn't matter which one of those goes through a bit of a rough time or turns off, that you've got another two income streams coming in. And I think the underlying foundation that's uh, had you, you know, come through this for 10 years and congratulations. I'm not even sure if you know the statistics, right? In the first year... 80% of businesses fail, right? Then of those businesses, so we've got 20% left over, right? So of that 100%, 10 years later, another 80% have closed down. It's crazy. So here's what he's done. Kept the overheads low and kept the cash flow high. Congratulations, Luke. Very successful. Good to see someone in the local community doing as well as what you are and... um, If anyone's looking at, uh, you know, doing some exercise, well, then you've heard him talk about it. Fresh Fitness is where it's at, at Cardiff. And uh, it sounds as though he can help you with everything. So, Luke, thank you for coming in. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. If you like what you've heard today, remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. If you discovered us on YouTube, Remember, hit that bell so you can be notified when these new episodes become available. Leave a comment and we look forward to bringing you the latest material that's going to power your life with love.